Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch It Lives Inside, and our movie from the vault is Exorcist Free. I'm back. Oh. My spirit has been cleansed. I have been exercised. Father Damien Karras came around the other day and uh, knocked the demon out of me, Paul. So uh, I am back. Not I missed out, you mate. guys like mad. So I apologise, but life gets in the way. <laughs> there's, anyway, there's, yeah. enough of that bollocks. Happy Halloween, <laughs> everyone. How the devil are we? Happy spookies. <laughs> yeah halloween it'll be halloween tomorrow so you know if you download your uh podcast on a on the monday i hope you have a fucking great day tomorrow but yeah i'm good man i've had a, a good couple of weeks um you know my my absent record for the podcast is still staying staying strong so all right all right <laughs> um but yeah i've been watching some bits i've got i've got a couple to discuss i watched one movie it's a 2010 called bereavement um and it's, it's called bereavement it's called malevolence 2 or something like that. it's got um uh what's the name alexander daddario uh in it was that, sorry what was her name didn't catch that <laughs> alexandra daddario <laughs> Nearly, yeah. Not why you watch that one? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was all right. It's like you know, just a weird sort of like, um, guy kidnapping uh women and also a, a little kid, and he's just, it's just torture, torture, murder, kill. It's um pretty low budget, too long by about a fucking half an hour, but you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, watched uh Jed Shepherd's short on Netflix, which is quite interesting. There's been two shorts. I've noticed that have just come on Netflix. One called Flashback, which is directed by uh, Jed Shepard, who did Host uh, 2020, that big smash hit. Um, and it stars uh, Gemma, I think Gemma Moore from from that um, in a, like a like 16 minute short. Um, Netflix doing that, fantastic on board. It's sort of um, about a yoga um, instructor, and it includes this weird character called Doctor Bones, which I, I want to see more of. So that was really, really, really good. Um, big thing that's been happening in the last couple of weeks is been the fall of the House of Usher. I've smashed out all the episodes. Love the story. I mean, I can't say enough about this. The acting was superb. Again, Mike Flanagan smashed it out of the park. This is the last thing on Netflix. You boys had 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 a watch of this yet? Have you got for any? I've watched the first two episodes and I agree it is brilliant. Uh, so well written, so slick. Mark Hamill for the MVP, but um, it's amazing. And I sort of still don't really know what's going on, <laughs> which is great. But um, oh my god, first two episodes in, loving it. Matt, what are you what are you up to? Are you watching it? Yeah, I love it, mate. It's brilliant. I fucking Mike Flanagan's writing is fucking top notch. I just love him. I love his monologues in this that he writes for them. And the characters are really interesting. Um, but yeah, I've only watched four episodes and I still don't know where it's going, but it's very, very, very good. Very so, good. Yeah. And I guess like for those who are out there are a bit more educated than us in, in the in the world of Edgar Allan Poe, um, you know, more about Edgar Allan Poe than The Raven, then um, I'm sure it's going to speak volumes. But I, I do want, I said to my partner, I was like, I can't fancy some, get some works, get some, get a bit more into this because I love the darkness. I love how gothic it is. And it really, you mean, really. You mean your wife? Good. Yeah. 
that one. Um, and I watched um, the taking of Deborah Logan because um, you gave it so many, uh, so much kudos. I finally got around to watching it. I took the hit and watched it on freebie um, on Am- through Amazon. And honestly, it's probably one of the best found footage movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, it's creepy, eerie, and yeah, it makes you makes your skin crawl really really does there's some proper like moments in it <laughs> Fucking what part she plays as well paul the like the, the deborah Logue character because she's just terrifying even when she's doing nothing she's terrifying yeah. the decay yeah. and the sort of progression of that character is just so noticeable and notable is it's really really good matt you have to kind of if it's just a long a long journey to get to watch this because of that scene with her um mouth i'm sure lots of people have seen the meme where she's pretty much got there's a the meme out there with this old woman's got a kid's head in its mouth and i was like where did this come from I mean, the story to get there is not cheesy and it works as far as i can it's, it's good yeah well worth a watch that's me though that's what i've been watching um okay uh, matt what have you been up to i have watched um totally killer on um amazon prime which i fucking loved i thought every second of it was awesome really funny um great story i'm really fucking like stabby really like stabby very very (laughs) um violent i thought but also it just it just is so funny just because of um obviously the 80s was of its time and you could obviously get away with a lot more then and I love the way it pokes fun at how different it was and how different now is, um, but in a nice way. But it's really funny. I'd definitely go and watch it if you haven't watched it. Yeah, you've seen it. Free to watch on um, Amazon Prime. So, yeah, get, get, they've done they done well with that one. Really yeah, Jordy Port is right up your street, mate. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I also watched it. Yeah. Son. <laughs> I thought I thought, oh, I'll watch this and surprise the guys on the podcast. Um, yeah, uh, and then didn't turn up. So um, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was. It reminded me a lot of like Freaky and Happy Death Day and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It was, uh, definitely at them. That's like fluffiness to it. But yeah, there was some definite brutality in there, um, and and created sort of a an iconic ki- serial killer look. So. Um, Maybe that has legs, and maybe there's another one in the pipeline. I don't know, but uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, do you want me to go? Yeah, you go because I, I literally only watched House of Usher and and that this week. So cool. Well, I mean, yeah, for the House of Usher, as you already mentioned, just mentioned quick mention of Gen V, which I've I'm like I think I'm in love with. I'm I'm, I'm so I think I'm, I don't know if I'm loving it more than the boys because I just I love the fact how it doesn't have to fit into any sort of story. The boy story is sort of sidelined to it and it just sort of can do whatever it wants and it's completely batshit and I love it. Um, and it's really fast paced as well. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just think it's brilliant. I think it's really well done. Um, and like the young cast is just holding it together. So, so yeah, that's brilliant. So if you're a fan of the boys, definitely watch that. Um, I mean, can I mention the fact I watched The Exorcist? <laughs> I thought it was shit, and I thought it was very kind last week. So, sorry, anyway, are you talking on. about the Exorcist Believer here, Paul? Exorcist Believer, sorry, yes. I did. Do you know what I mentioned? I'm, I'm sorry, you were you were you you were late, and you didn't turn up. So <laughs> yeah, you don't get an opinion. 
my phone is null and void. Yeah, okay then. Um, I tell you what though, you buggers, I did take one for the team. So a, a couple of episodes ago, I thought we were going to watch Saw Ten as the main movie. So I went and watched Saw Ten at the cinema. I right, thanks, thanks for that, gents. Thanks. Cause oh my god, just Great, stop it? Saw films. It's awful. Just <laughs> awful. I don't want to. Uh, do you know what? I have a real problem with horror films that turn the the villain into the hero. And I'll have to be doing it a few times with Saw. It, but they really make him into the good guy of the film. And it's just stupid. It really is stupid. It's like a revenge film. And it, like everyone's going, oh, Tobin Bell's amazing in it and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, you get, you get more of a bit of a performance out of him. But then you think, well, hang on. You're a mental serial killer. Not some guy who's like seeking justice for people who've been wronged by these awful people. You know, I got a great idea for a Saw film, right? A great idea. He goes and kills those people, gets over 10 people, the, the worst people in the world, right? Gets them sent, like a secret file sent to him, and he goes and does all manner of horrible stuff to them. And then the twist, because there's always a twist in the Saw films, at the end is, actually, they were the nicest 10 people on the planet. They were fucking charity workers, saints, bloody foster carers, all that. And there's somebody higher than Jigsaw now pulling the strings and made him into like, so he has to, obviously, his moral reasoning is now all over the place because he's actually killed people that he shouldn't have killed. There you go, Hollywood. Hire me. No need for strikes. Woo. But yeah, no, I saw 10. Shit. Um, <laughs> I, and that was me, guys. Apart from that, I really enjoyed Friday the 13th, part three and four, though. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, let's do some news then. There's been um, there's been a few bits and bobs. Um, I'll kick it off. <laughs> uh, I've got the new movie coming out of February next year called Lisa Frankenstein. We've seen the poster for. Um, we've had a bit of a conversation about it, but there's um, a bit more information about it. Cole Sprouse is playing the creature, which is quite interesting. And um, and Catherine Newton is uh, is playing sort of the other the other sort of I guess love interest. It's going to be a horror comedy quirky probably warm bodies sort of thing going on i have a feel um for that but you know it could be quite fun cole sprouse from riverdale smashed it for the last like seven years according to my you know who wrote it right new diablo cody basically the one that wrote jennifer's body ah okay well it's gonna be really good there's a lot of stuff going on around Frankenstein at the moment, isn't it? There's like an Emma Stone film coming out, which is loosely based on Frankenstein, and then Guillermo del Toro's got one coming out soon as well. So, mm. interesting. I would be, be interested to see stuff like that. Um, other than that, I'd just like to say that well done to the cinema. At the moment, if you are going to um, your local cinema, there are four horror movies on to watch so you know they may not all be great but they would maybe got, um, there might be four horror films to watch sorex you know we've got exodus believer it lives inside and five nights at freddy plus i can see that cineworld are doing like a buttload of um lead-ups they've had carrie misery um couple of friday Frank friday the 13th they did friday the 13th and there's two secret um screenings um classic horrors on on halloween itself so yeah it's been it's it's, it's cool they really embraced it this year and i'll say keep that up my local's doing beetlejuice next week and i'm not in the country so i'm a bit good about that because i'd quite like to say that somewhere yeah yeah cine world is showing that as well i only have one bit so um I, we might have mentioned this before but i i if we have i apologize because i didn't re- 
remember. There's a uh, six-part series called Generation Z, written and directed by Ben Wheatley, coming out. It's coming really? out on Channel 4. Um, it's obviously very British, but set in an old people's home, and it's about, uh, you know, Sue Johnson from the Royal Family. Yeah, uh, Matt met, I think Matt mentioned this a couple of months ago. There yeah, sorry. But it looks like sort of horror comedy, sort of Shaun of the Deady type of stuff. But um, apparently it's really, really gory. So I'll be interested to see. He's, he, he's in need of a return to form after the Meg 2 for me. So, yeah, quite in- intrigued for that one. There's a movie out there called Cockneys vs. Zombies, which is actually pretty decent. It's got Bricktop in it. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for that one. I've seen the uh, DVD cover. <laughs> really good. Michelle Ryan's in it, I think, as well. It's not. It's quirky, gory, and fun. Yeah. Sorry. What else you got? That's it, mate. That's it. Sorry, my life has been too busy. What about this um, necker toy that you uh, shoved our way? Oh yeah. Well, I, I thought you guys were talking about it, saying as you love it. So uh, it's um, Tom Akins' character from Halloween Three. Necker have embodied it in a lovely little uh, action figure for Halloween, and yeah, it looks pretty cool, doesn't it? One for nice. you guys, probably is more than me. Real me. All right, sweet. Well, let's get on to uh, our main review. Tamira, what's going on with you? All the stories we heard growing up, they're all true. It lives inside. Right, so this week's uh, main review is a new film that we all went to the cinema to see, uh, and it is It Lives Inside. So uh, we saw the trailer a few weeks ago, and we all got pretty excited about it, so um, it's, it's come around quite quickly. So um, an Indian-American teenager struggling with her cultural identity has a falling out with her former best friend, and in the process unwittingly releases a demonic entity that grows stronger by feeding on her loneliness. So, guys, where do we start with this one? Butch? Well, it's from the producers of Get Out for a start. So, you know, it's um, not and a bit disappointing. It's had a bit of a low cinema release. Um, me and Matt went to cinema last night and watched it. And there was about know, seven of us in the cinema. Um, so it's a pretty disappointing turnout for this one. However, um, Bichelle Dutter, who's the director and writer, I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I really got on with it. It gave me chills in um, certain moments. Um, had a really good flow of the story. Maybe it dragged a little bit in some bits. It was an hour 45, I think. Um, but like the whole concept and learning about um, sort of a new mythology. 
yeah a new mythology <laughs> uh a new mythology and stuff like that was really quite interesting and like the the hindi um element of it um was really worked for me and it was just really interesting um what was that other movie matt we watched this year which had sort of like that sort of level of um mythology that we sort of it was new and followed i can't remember what um what movie there was one movie this year that was sort of just like um had that sort of element to it but this was like a monster movie i suppose or a monster demon movie um, the things you couldn't see made it creepy. I, I really got on with it. I really enjoyed it, and I'd recommend it to anyone to go and watch. Matt, what do you reckon? I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did feel like it's a bit of a slow start, um, but I really liked the main actor. She was really good. Uh, uh, Megan Shuri, I, I thought she was brilliant. Um, I can see her being quite big in anything next. That she's in but no i really liked I, I really liked the way it was filmed it's like the use of the color red throughout the whole film was really interesting like the demon the colors the the, the dresses they wore the food there's a real big theme of red running through this film uh i'd really really like to understand why they use that color more throughout the film um but i thought it was really really shot really well um, soundtrack was really cool as well um yeah it made me feel creepy at some stages like there was a really good bit in the bedroom um that we i'm sure we'll talk about in a bit it was quite creepy but yeah i, I quite enjoyed it i quite enjoyed it what about you jory paul yeah i i enjoyed it i um i don't know guys i was sort of sat and i i thought it was going to be really 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 good and i just I, for me i just kind of it it dealt with sort of I mean, first off, hats off to bringing a new mythology in, and like you never really see Indian or Hindi folklore sort of films. You just don't see it, so fair play to them. But I just don't think they went heavy enough into that type of stuff. I think what happened was they just started descending into like tick boxy, jump scary territory, and I was a bit disappointed. Then it was that whole, you know, that whole horror thing where you tell somebody something and all of all all of it suddenly falls in line oh yes i know exactly what that demon is and i know how to fight it and it just sort of starts to get a bit paid by numbers for me um but acted well shot well um the creature design i'm sure you just want to talk about was really really good there were some very creepy bits the bit with the swing i thought was really good but i just i felt at times it was just pinching from other horror films and the the director it's a first time director isn't it He's done a couple of shorts by the looks of things. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, maybe it's maybe a bit film snobby, I don't know, but I just I, I just thought it needed a bit more meat on the bones with, with regards to, like, the cultural stuff, because I know there, there's, there's obviously a touching on her wanting to fit in and how she's obviously seen as an outcast or has been seen as an outcast as sort of that, that culture and is trying to break away from that and fit into the norm, like doing the Snapchat filters and stuff like that. So, but I just thought it touched on it and then just went away from that. And then concentrated just a, a bit more of a just a pay my numbers horror film. Um, I didn't have a but I still it. enjoyed it. Maybe I've been very harsh, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I feel you are. I don't feel like there was there. It was that I I, I get in terms of the the paint by numbers in terms of what you're saying. There's an element of, that they've got to discover and all that sort of discovery stage and all that sort of stuff that's there. But I don't know. I just thought she, she really bought that whole 
um, thing to life. I think, like you said, Matt, Matt uh, Megan Suri plays Sam. She brought that, that really, this movie was surrounded by her. Um, and I just think she absolutely smashed it. And like, there was a real element of like, if I, like we kind of can compare this a little bit to Boogeyman early on in the year, that sort of similar monster that you can't see, the stalking the family and all that sort of stuff. Um, this this one for me smashes it out of the water, and that was like a bigger bigger production and stuff. Like that. This is definitely a lot more low budget, um, but I liked the fact that you just it just it could be anywhere that sort of thing, and it, it just there was a bit I, I can't remember. Well, I actually had go- I had goosebumps at one stage. It definitely like put me little airs on end, <laughs> the back of my neck um i don't know i really got on with it i just i found it fascinating and it really drew me in i was i was capped i was capped there for it so the other one matt i was talking about earlier was um Husera, the bone woman and we watched oh, yeah, 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 yeah. another one that was that, was that was that mexican or spanish or something like that i can't remember um yeah, but it was another sort of one which is like kind of similar it was a different culture that we're sort of um used to in these in these movies and it's like this was cool this was cool learning about um uh another sort of mythology that i can't say apparently <laughs> yeah so um and and like you said like if we t- if we tear down a, a few little bits that swing bit for a start like that was um it was good but the whole shaking i don't know if you know if you noticed matt that it was just like a little bit cgi <laughs> or something something it, like, i don't know if like it was uh, how they how they did it but it's like the predator <laughs> the predator yeah like, i think you said to me in the cinema you said um <clears throat> the only thing that's a bit weird is that it one minute is walking around in the daylight and then the next minute it's can only attack in the dark yeah and that was kind of like if, when we talk about Paul's making his own rules up now, <laughs> yeah, that the, the the I mean, maybe it's the torment of it all, but like it was more of a, it was more of a I suppose it was a the, the, it's it's a quite unique way of looking at demons, I suppose when we're going to be talking about the Exodus three later, um, it's and with the boogeyman was another kind of de, was another kind of demon, um when you know when you get that reveal with the monster and he fucking ruins it always ruins it well this one i don't think it did it was very hellraiser for me but it did kind of change the film though it sort of went from like you said like paranormal activity to i don't know just like a it it felt a bit for me it felt a bit sort of like uh horror channel at three o'clock in the afternoon where like you watch these like cheesy 90s sort of monster movie in the jungle <laughs> again i was just a bit you know the creatures i was it was okay but then you know running around after being stalked by it and being terrified by it and then this all right i'm not afraid of you and then like twatting it with like anything you get your hand on and sort of beating it up and i was like well well hang on what what <laughs> it just sort of became less terrifying towards the end i don't know because it was still kicking her ass it, it almost yeah. it, it was it was sort of like yeah we're i'm gonna stand up to you but also i'm just actually he's just like whatever just kind of like slaps her out of the way um the solution was quite interesting what do you think about that matt um what do you mean like the 
the end scene. This kind of like semi-exorcism, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know. It's just, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, really. I mean, yeah. I don't, it, I, I, it, yeah, I don't know. It opens it up for a sequel because it's like 100%, like, you know, it's it lives inside. Not any, it's not in a jar anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. It's like, yeah, trying to, what's it actually going to do? Like, how are you going to suck it into this jar? What, like, it's a bit weird. Like, I was like, please don't let me then beat the thing by putting it back in the jar. I was like, that's a cop out. It's just like, it's going to turn into, into a, like a, a fucking like cloud and then go into the jar or something really cheesy like that. I was like, I'm so glad they didn't choose that route. No, nah, I was like, that would just be lame. I suppose, well, I suppose like, that's what I was saying, guys, is that I just skipped stones. Like with the mythology, it was like, oh, blah, 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 needs a vessel. Didn't really go into actually, you're going to be the vessel. Uh, or I don't know. It, I just, it, it just got very, it was quite, it got a bit saggy in the middle. And I don't know whether they realised that and sped it up towards the end, but it just, it, it seemed to me it just started to fly along. And I was really like, oh, well, hang on, you know, what what is actually going on here? Um, I mean, I don't really need to know why it was there because it's kind of like that's another question I've kind of got on my head is that like didn't really explain where this came from and why really did it yeah they kind of guessed didn't they they guessed there's there's, um, I think there was a family called the Chowdhury so essentially from what I understand is that there was a a, a family that came over from India um, the Chowdhury family and they had died like the previous year um, and that's where that house that they were going into and like that's what you sort of saw at the start. The guy like sort of uh, was, was like, was he burning from the inside or something like that, just to kind of get mm. this thing in in the jar. And then like we we're met with with Sam and a uh, um uh, our old mate Tamira who's sort of walking around like a fucking weirdo with a jar, and that for God knows how long. I mean I don't know like the teachers are like, what's wrong with your mate? But I'm like there's some care there <laughs> there's yeah, a real but it didn't really explain why she had the jar really did it no i don't think so no i think she said she was called into she was called into a house as she was walking past like you know beckoned in mm-hmm. um i suppose and then that's how she sort of got it but she had to kept on feeding it raw meat i don't know how it did jump around a little bit i guess in terms of not you know not fully explaining it which is kind of an interesting way to do it it didn't spoon feed us stuff which was which was pretty cool i, mm-hmm. I quite like that because we don't we always moan about that usually <laughs> <laughs> True. yeah no I, I, but it, it, it's it's just trying to find that balance isn't it which is of course is the hardest thing to do in any film really is to just trying to find that whole like that balance but like i said that the, you know the first time director thing I, you can sort of kind of kind of tell there's a bit of a naivety to it um but i, I don't want to be too down now because like i said and anything original and anything like new i'm all up for and there was a couple of scenes, but then, you know, obviously, Matt, I think you're talking about the bedroom scene when obviously she's starting to believe it's there and she's starting to get scared. And then she sort of, the light's flicking on and off. But I've seen that in Lights Out. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was sort of watching yeah. it going, I get that. That's a trick that's been used already in horror films, which is fine. You could say that about multiple films, but mm. that's what stops it from being amazing for me. It's like it sort of just borrowed a lot of things, even though it did it well. And there was a couple of like obviously shit your pants moments. There was a couple of genuine jump scares in there. Um, 
Yeah, the teacher, the, te- the bit in the school, the teacher and stuff like that. There were some moments there where I thought any moment it could just like slam her again. It, it didn't seem to care about being, you know, noticed because it was invisible. <laughs> did, did it not annoy you though that she survived? It's sort of kind of annoying. Like, it's done this. It spends yeah, like ten, de- fifteen minutes rate. chasing her, and then just. The death rate was quite low in this movie. Yeah. Even the dad, it was like, oh, well, there, you know, there's the balls to do something a bit, woo, but nah, even though he gets impaled with claws, he's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Essentially, we kind of get three off screen kills that we kind of see at the start, and then we get like one kill in, in, in the whole thing. So I guess, the, you know, it's kind of low in that respect, but it was a, it felt like a really good good movie uh well directed um and sort of just like a real interesting sort of view you view it as sort of a demon a demon movie that we're you know when you compare it to what we watched the the week before with the exorcist believer um you know i think this was done very well just a shame that it's not got that you know bigger release but it's in amongst a few others isn't it (laughs) very very small uk release it's a type of thing though. It'll do all right on streaming. It will. It'll pick up. It'll pick up traction because people will want. Will will watch it. Yeah. it Stick it on Netflix and it'll fly. Because um, that talk to me is um, what done like ninety million, um, for what it, you know, for <laughs> fucking amazing first time directors, and that's going to go on to Netflix next in the next couple of weeks. Well, the sequel's been greenlit, hasn't it? It's yeah. also available to buy in some stores. I'm just going to add as well. <laughs> if you like physical format, like a lot of people do. Good, cool. But yeah, um, I got on with this a lot. This is one of my uh, favourites of this year, I think. So what about rating this bad boy then? Go on, Jordy Paul, you go first. Oh, you're going to disagree with me here, guys, but I'm going to give it a slightly better than average 6 out of 10. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I did. Yeah, I did think. Um, I I just there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff that I I didn't like in it, as well as the stuff I did like. So, not terrible. I enjoyed it enough, but yeah, six. Butch, it's an eight for me. It's 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 it really got it really got me. Um, first time. This is his first feature. Um, I'd like to see more from this director. See where it's going. Hundred percent um a whole different avenue of um of horror to explore as far as i'm concerned yeah eight out of ten for me mm, i'd probably go more on the level of a six as well to be honest for me uh just because i just think it was, it was a bit slow for me uh, i like the content of it i like the design of the creature and the acting and, sh- and the sh- shooting of the actual f- film was really nice but it just it just mi- it just missed that little bit of weirdness for me it's just like it's almost like it needed i hate to say this but like a little bit of a24 put in it i don't know it was nearly there but it just wasn't quite there for me i don't know it was quite nice it was quite it was i can't remember who who was the who was it released by not vertigo neon, neon which is one that i can't really remember seeing so it's kind of nice not seeing a24 or blumhouse or anything like that up there it was a bit that was a bit different so I do think they try to tie it up in a nice little bow to appeal to the masses rather than just sticking to a bit more of an indie type of, you know, like Matt said, doing something mental or crazy or something yeah. really weird where you go, woo. I, I, I do think they were like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll tie it all up and everyone's sort of like, good. Yes, it did end on a bit of a woo, 
But yeah, I just it kind thought... of it kind of remind, makes me think that maybe the director did want to do something like that, but the studio was like, mm, rein it back a little bit, maybe take that bit out, maybe add this in, because again, it's a fifteen. Um, you know, it just you know, you just don't know nowadays how big studios or you know, you know, I don't know how they could have something to do with it. You just don't know. Where did this come from? You know. Was it on the festival circuit at all or anything like that? No? Yeah, you said he did, they said they did shorts first. So it wasn't just an expanded version of their short, was it? He, he's done 19 short movies. Oh, so right. maybe. Sundance. Can you I tell think us, I saw, pull up the facts? I think Sundance and stuff like that. Like it was it was at. Um, and it got like a, a really, really sort of moved on from there. From memory. <laughs> all right cool um okay so that's a what did you rate that matt six right Boo. um so that's Average a seven draw and last breaths yeah seven out of ten all right fair 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 okay let's move on to our movie from the vault <laughs> 17 years ago an extraordinary motion picture touched our most profound, nameless fears. Do you dare walk these steps again? Death be not proud, nor canst thou kill me. Satan grows stronger. You believe in possession, Father? He has found a haven. Come to take a little blood from your father. He has taken possession. The boy had been crucified. His web widens. I've just never seen anything like this in 20 years. Inside this cell. The killer drove an ingot into each of his eyes and cut off his head. Inside a man. Who are you? I am no one. A man we thought had died 17 years ago. He is inside with us! He will never get away! This time you're going to lose the real terror. Is back. George C. Scott in William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3. Okay, so this movie from the vault was my pick, and I've not seen this one before, so I really uh, was waiting to see this because I had a nice arrow version of it. Um, this one is that we're going to review today is called Exorcist 3. Um, a little synopsis for you. Uh, a police lieutenant uncovers more than he bargained for as his investigation of a series of murders, which have all had the hallmarks of the deceased Gemini serial killer, leads him to the questions of the patient of a psychiatric ward. The Exorcist Free. Hmm. <laughs> Legion. Legion, but we are. Can I, 
can I say this is a this is a unique one or one of the unique ones that I've actually seen this before and you guys haven't. There ain't many of them around. Yeah, I watched this uh, when I was about 17 or 18. And I think I've already told about this, but I watched this before I'd seen The Exorcist. So when I first watched what? this, <laughs> I had literally no fucking clue what was going on. So the entire film was just batshit from the start. I was like, what the hell? Obviously now... <laughs> I've seen The Exorcist, so I thought it was interesting to watch again. What did you think? Oh, how, what do I say about this? I don't know. Um, what do I say? Sort of a demon revenge movie um, at its heart. Follows on from the Exorcist movie, really, really making sure that you tubular bells uh, out of the park sort of thing um we get this you know it's, uh, there were elements of this that were just like stunningly acted brad doroff was outstanding in this um but it's a det- sort of just a detective movie with nods and references to the exodus is it just a reference movie Felt like felt like that. It felt like oh, there was you know you remember the Exorcist that we did in uh, 1975 or whatever it was 1970, and it was like here you go, this is 1990 now. Um, here you go. I wrote another one. I wrote a book. Well, it's written and directed by Peter Blatty, William Peter Blatty, isn't it? So who obviously wrote the initial original Exorcist, and I, I don't know. Matt's probably got loads of facts about it saying like the response to the second Exorcist film was horrendous. So they were like, ooh, let's try and fix it and go back to the sort of source material. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, we sort of use this term sometimes to describe films, and I say this is like a hot mess. <laughs> I like not, not in your sort of typical hot mess, you know, not, not a ton of sort of excess or sort of OTT performances or anything like that, but I just think the way it's shot, the way it's put together, it feels like, there's about it feels like there should be about five hours of extra footage that isn't in the film um because it just it does sort of jump around a bit from time to time and you're a bit like what the hell is like why has he just put that scene in um a lot of ideas yeah. a lot of ideas i suppose that were, were were pummeled into it the sort of link between um you know this t- this time the police and um the the you know the church i suppose the link between that and the friendships and um what happened afterwards and father the the sort of impact they're supposed to show the impact after you know father caris dove through a window and jumped down some stairs <laughs> matt so george scott who plays the detective sorry matt um he is playing the same part as the is the detective in the exorcist he's gonna give yeah. matt get out you haven't been here for a couple of weeks Let's give Matt. Let's, let's <laughs> lots of things to say. <laughs> let's listen to what Matt's got to say. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> well, Please. when you two fucking Neanderthals have finished fucking diving straight balls deep into this movie before we've even had our little hot takes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Carry on, Jordy Paul. <laughs> no, no, what's, your hot, <laughs> what's, what's your hot take? I don't know. I'm in two minds about it. I really am. Is um so first question I want to ask is which version did you watch? 
Oh, I don't fucking know. I watched uh, one on my... and I hope I watched the right one. Yeah, the anthology. I watched it in the anthology one I had. So, so there's, a, there's a couple of different versions of this film that have completely different endings. Okay. So, so there's the, the, the original theatrical cut, and then there's the director's cut, which is quite vastly different. I watched the theatrical cut because I thought, well, that's blatantly what you two have probably watched as well. So that's the one I went with. But I would be really interested in seeing what the director's cut is like because it has a completely different ending, apparently. Um, but we'll get into that anyway later. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm in two minds about this because I went in this with quite high expectations, I think, because a lot of people have, uh, uh, vouch for this movie and say it's it's an absolute masterpiece and and um, this and that. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I liked it or not. Um, the concept's interesting. Um, I don't know if it, if it kind of, kind of fulfilled me at the end. And maybe that's because I haven't seen the director's cut. I don't know. But I, I mean, the acting I really thought was brilliant. I thought, you know, George C. Scott was brilliant. As I say, his relationship with the priest at the start i I really liked their relationship um but yeah i'm I'm, i don't know i don't know about this one i just i don't know if i need to give that other the other movie a watch but so so what we're saying is essentially this movie is father caris's mates um are gonna get picked off one by one by the demon that was left behind or another demon well, uh, I think it was. I think it was supposed to be. Uh, so Father Karras was the conduit. Is that what you call it, conduit for the demon? And then obviously, when he jumps out of that window at the end of The Exorcist, um, he still has the demon inside him. But he's dead. Right. And then he dies. But somehow, that demon. Because this is this is supposed to be a direct follow-on, isn't it? It's meant to be fifteen years later. Mm. Um, so that demon has now got into the Gemini Killer, right? So, so that's what we're saying, hundred percent. That Brad Dourif is the Gemini Killer. That because he felt like sometimes he was in a psychiatric hospital and he was sort of. Not, I don't know, like bullshitting. It just because felt very weird. Obviously, they said they in the film they said that he they caught the killer or killed, sorry, killed the killer, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, so he so basically what you're seeing though isn't what the, everyone else is seeing. So, mm. what you're what you're seeing when it cuts to Brad DeRoof is the essentially who's talking, but it's not what the actual characters are seeing. So, basically, when Father Karras died. He didn't really die, so his it, he explains to me his spirit left his body, and then as it was on its way over, um, they sort of pulled him back in, and the demon actually isn't sort of in the it's sort of powering the body essentially, mm. and it basically what happened was the Gemini killer died because he was electrocuted in an electric chair. And then he was sort of brought back into Father Karras' body to sort of continue his work. But obviously, it then allowed him to live because he didn't want to die and keep killing. 
but at a price he had to go and kill um the father Karras's mates as a revenge for fucking his plan up with Reagan. Yeah, that's the why. Obviously, it took 15 years. They explained 15 years away by obviously his brain was mush when he was reanimated, couldn't remember anything, and it took him 15 years to try and um get back. And they they explained that they gave him electroshock therapy to try and engage his brain, and that that's what mm-hmm. gave them the power to then sort of be reanimated. So everybody is seeing Father Karras, right? When that's Brad Dorif is talking, that. that's like the Gemini killer. Yeah. But, but it, I mean, it's a. This is the thing: is it's quite complex and quite far fetched. That I can see. <laughs> that I can see that it would probably make better for reading as a book. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the the idea of because yeah, read, reading the sort of Wikipedia <laughs> and stuff like that is it's like the he's a, he keeps on going on about the master and the master. Is Pazuzu, Pazuzu, yeah. yeah, right. And then the Gemini killer is Soul is the one that keeps jumping to other patients. And yeah. and can it, what? Explain to me this. Why was that woman on the fucking ceiling? <laughs> because it had to have a link to the Exorcist, Paul. There was no reason for it. It was just, oh, let's put a scary ceiling crab walkie thing on. This is the thing. Uh, I ask you, ask I you guys a question. See, I, I, Would this I, film have been better if it wasn't in the Exorcist universe? See, that, that's, this is what I don't. I don't. I don't think it really. I. I think it didn't. It didn't. Like you guys are saying. Oh yeah, it had to the you know, tubular bowels. It had the woman crawling across the ceiling. Yeah, but other than that, there's 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 not masses and masses of great deal that actually make it like the exorcist is a completely different I'm, film yeah, I, I was, I was watching yeah. this film when i was i was watching this film and i was thinking fucking hell i can see where seven got a lot of their shit from with the serial killer you know the, the new york and all this stuff i mean i'm not still saying that i i i love this film in any shape or way or way um and this is why i'm i'm like i don't know if i liked it or not because it was so different I don't know why I was expecting. I was was I expecting it to be a possession movie? Kind of not. The only scene I see for every horror documentary and thing is is the scene of the kind of almost shears like thing. Oh, with the nurse. Uh, like a nurse, like yeah, which is literally two seconds of the movie. Yeah, but it's an awesome scene. Way it's mm. up and the way it's shot. Yeah, yeah. Like her moving about. It's so so coolly directed. Well done um that that is phenomenal uh, and uh, lived up to my you know the expectation of seeing that scene time and time again i was like blown away by it so yeah that was cool i was expecting there to be a lot more kind of um not gore but a lot more shown as in the bodies and stuff like that and uh, i found it really interesting though like you know that the the priest when he gets killed is like all his blood is put in these little valve which to me didn't look enough blood for a whole body, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Just saying that. Um, <clears throat> but I thought they might have shown the body. There's a lot of, I don't know whether that this is in the director's cut again, but there, there's a lot of things that they seem not to show, a lot of stuff. And I don't know if that's on purpose, just to make you well, imagine I, it in your head or what. Going back to Paul's hot mess thing, though, that dream sequence was mental. Yeah, that, dream, that was out of like 
something. Obviously, that's you know something that he want they wanted to pull from the book. <laughs> Maybe he was smoking a bit of fucking weed or taking some LSD or something at that part point you of the think, book. You think about the time that this was made. I think it's, it's I'm alright in saying this was like nineteen nineteen ninety. Yeah, so you've got um, Hellraiser sort of just come out as well, and um, you've got Science of the Lambs. I think is either this year or the the year after, and that sort of conversation between between like um, Clarice and um, and Hannibal Lecter and stuff like that. You've got that relationship, that very similar relationship with the the cop, and um, and the whatever is in that room. You know, it's it's mm. quite it was quite interesting. I tell you what, though, for me, it didn't feel like the nineties at all. This firmly felt like it was still in the seventies. I know it's only just nineteen ninety, but it still reeked of late seventies for me. I mean, yeah, kind of the cops, well. the, the sort of attitudes, definitely. I, and it, there was no nothing to really sort of stamp um, time on it because it didn't really have. I don't think it really mattered. Um, it didn't have really anything political to note or anything like that. Um, so that was quite quite interesting. It didn't really have that. So it was sort of ti- timeless, I guess, in a way. Because stuff. I'll tell, yeah. tell you, I did want to fucking snub it. That was his mother-in-law. <laughs> the big comedy foil in there. Okay, now, man, I wanted her to get killed. <laughs> oh, that bit in the house, though, man, when she he nearly the, the daughter nearly gets her head lopped off. I thought, what the hell? Because I thought it, I thought it, she might have just like got like a little bit of it. But oh, Jesus, that was funny, man. <laughs> Where was she hiding them fucking shears? <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Look, that's a great. That is a great tool for a, for a serial killer for anything in horror that those shears are epic um, yeah, i suppose mike you were touching on it there, there ain't enough exorcism in an exorcist film <laughs> hmm, it was I just mean, like shoehorned in the end going oh shit we're best we're best trying to put an exorcism in here yeah, only got like, 10 minutes to go because yeah. I, I was literally going when the hell are they going to start trying to get well, rid of this that was <laughs> it was shot pretty cool that that ending bit the bits that were happening in it were pretty cool um I mean, like you said, Butch, uh, Brad DeRiff was fucking synopsis, absolutely amazing. Incredible. Incredible, yeah. You know, and he's incredible in, like, the first Charles Play movie as well. Like, when all he's right. playing... Hold, hold on, mate. Hold on. All right. Come on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but he was... He's, he's, worm tug. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he is incredible at what he does. He is in, absolutely incredible. Um, And I know, like, worm tongue and stuff like this, but the, the monologue that he was given and those... the 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 script and stuff was absolutely mm. staggering. He, he smashed it because anything, anything else that that could have been one of those overacted moments. But he, you know, he reminded me of like, and I know it comes before Andy Circus, but there's you can see where Andy Circus has like clearly watched his work oh, when yeah. he gets into, into that sort of like embodiment. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, outstanding. It really was. Does that, did he get an Oscar for that? He is a standout for me like in this movie he was the standout part although you know george c scott is pretty good well i don't know the the like paul says a minute ago the i was uh, I, I had to flip it flip the time thing down go, fucking hell we got what 20 minutes left how can they call this a fucking exorcist free and then i was just like oh hang on out yeah. of nowhere bloody get you know the doors he, come he's open. the priest Dun, 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 who looks suspiciously like Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter, by the way. 
I was like, hang on. <laughs> Expelliarmus. <laughs> Didn't quite work did. from the, he come in with the it. worst exorcism in the world ever. He, but he came in so confident, didn't he? He was so confident. He basically might as well stood there naked with his balls hanging out, just going, oh, yeah, listening to them. Boom. Oh, he didn't. He died horribly. What the fuck's <laughs> on that statement, though? It's like polyphilet. Hell. <laughs> because he was well stuck. <laughs> that was like a, that was Exorcist level gore. Um, sorry, Hellraiser level gore. Yeah, we've got some good bits of gore at the end. At the like end. Yeah. all the demons coming out of the kind of to pull them in. But then obviously, again, this is why I want to see the director's cut, because it's a completely different ending. So, so was, yeah, you're going to talk about the the director's cut, cut in your Matt's facts, because I really want to hear what I, what the difference is. Well, I'll, I'll do them now, just so I can get them out of the way, um, because I, I, there's so many. I'm not joking. There's probably too many to read, to be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, William. Peter Blatty wanted the film to be titled simply Legion, just like his novel of the same name. The producers, however, wanted the title to be The Exorcist Free for commercial reasons. Blatty even tried to convince them to alter it to The Exorcist 1990 in order to distance it from The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Heretic, sorry, from 1977, which he despised but had to settle for The Exorcist Free. There you go. I think he was right. <clears throat> yeah yeah um william peter blatty had hoped to recover the deleted footage from the morgan creek vaults so that he might reassemble the original cut from the film which he said was rather different from that it was released <clears throat> from that he released unfortunately for Blatty and the fans who had been clamoring uh, clamoring for such a release the footage was lost for years on june 28 2007 Blatty's wife sent the following comment to a fan site. My husband tells me that it is Morgan Creek's claim that they have lost all the footage, including the alternative opening scene in which Kinderman views the body of Karras in the morgue right after his fall down the steps. What a shame. However, the missing footage was finally found in 2016 and Blatty's original version was restored shortly before his death in the next year in 2017. So, I think this is the thing is this the director's cut is going to make a lot more sense because you have parts in it that's explained. William Peter Blatty had to recast the central role of Lieutenant Kinderman as J uh, as Lee J. Cobb, who played the part in Exorcist in 1973, died in 1976. George C. Scott, who had never seen The Exorcist, signed up for the role after being impressed by Blatty's Legion screenplay. William Peter Blatty came up with the idea for the uh, the movie right after the success of The Exorcist 1973. Uh, deciding to set it in a hospital after hearing about a priest who entered a health facility without his um, surpluses and caused havoc among the patients. Since he could not convince director William Friedkin, Friedkin to film the story, he went to write the book about it, which was to become Legion, to be, abda- abda- to be abducted and directed by Blatty himself, without Blatty or Friedkin, Warner Brothers went on to produce Exodus 2, The Heretic, instead. Apparently, Samuel Jackson is a blind man in the dream sequence. Did you spot him? Fuck no. <laughs> but his voice is dubbed for, for his one line. Maybe oh, that, yeah, no, I, yeah, I remember the blind man. I didn't realize it was Samuel Jackson. 
also in the same sequence did you did you spot fabio as an angel i did yes that's fucking that's yes. who it was the fuck yeah it's like let's get a set let's get a good looking man <laughs> that's the idea of an angel okay in, in an interview on the bonus features of the collector's edition brad the riff opens up saying the reason why jason miller was unavailable to reprise his role as Karis uh, is because he was a severe alcoholic and had developed wet brain. This meant he could not memorize uh, the two long monologues that the Gemini, Gemini, Gemini killer has. He says this led him to sharing the, the role with Miller in the theatrical cut. He would recite the monologues with Miller, who could handle the shorter lines. However, an audio, an audio commentary with William Peter Blatty makes no mention of this and simply saying Miller was unavailable. Interesting. Um, also, Patrick Ewan as an angel of death next to Father Dyer in the dream sequence. Did you spot him? No. <laughs> Can't believe that. Uh, like William Peter Blatty, Ewan is a graduate of Georgetown University. This was an interesting fact that you guys probably might know already but this is a favorite this film was a favorite film of serial killer jeffrey dharma in interviews he claimed to relate to the idea of an external evil being being responsible for his murders and his urges psychiatric psychiatrics believe this is an effort to rationalize and avoid accountability for his crimes dharma drugged his victims before disembowelment and confessed to a routine of watching this film with them while waiting for the drug to take effect <laughs> coincidentally he coincidentally he killed 17 people like the film's gemini killer which is a bit fucking freaky that's weird man because yeah if you watch the tv show i think yeah. you guys did he fucking makes them watch movies before he kills them yeah and i think that might actually be on the tv show um yeah and that is my matt's facts but i mean i really want to watch that director's cut to see how different it is that's a lot i mean that's a that's a that's a really interesting production uh, you know for the, for the sort of when you look at like exorcists and all the sort of shit that around it the you know that's a lot of um interesting um stories around uh, the production of it fascinating it makes it sort of bigger than it than it actually was i was having a look at the budget on it as well like it was 11 million and it made 44 so it 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 did all right it did all right was well, it's become a cult isn't it i mean it's a cult there's so many people i spoke to absolutely love this film didn't it get forward that the, the sheer scene was the, like the best jump scare of all time or something in horror didn't it, it get forward it's definitely that? on it's definitely been on lists that's 100 yeah. 100 too many off camera kills but of you know that that's big, the, a bit of a complaint for me um but uh yeah overall it was just it was batshit it's absolutely batshit um and it's not what i expected to be watching admittedly i thought i was gonna i thought it was gonna be complete trash <laughs> well, imagine little 17 year old Paul watching that and he's not seeing The Exorcist so there's no context <laughs> just, just what am I what is this <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'd have had the same reaction to what it back then I don't know fuck yeah that's a fucking interesting one good pick Matt really good pick mm. um, I'm not sure if I want I, st- I still don't like the two that let's start the two prequels that star um, Skarsgård I don't really bother <laughs> I don't know if I can 
don't know if I really want to go and watch them, to be honest. Um, but, you know, this was just like a powerful, it almost felt, like, you know, when you look at like the, ex, after watching The Exodus Believer, and you sort of see that end scene, you could sort of see kind of elements of of free in that kind of scene where it's like this is the exodus where as that original exodus movie is just like it's better they're very humble in their approach and it felt very real whereas like subsequent ones it's like oh, here comes the priest dun, 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 dun. i might as well wear a fucking cape <laughs> i don't know um, but this again this had like loads of different elements and styles do you remember the cell matt with jennifer lopez it was like vaguely yeah i know i know the cell yeah i've seen it like once in yeah that's that's another one that's kind of a hot mess uh and i i wonder that revisiting that because that's 90 i'm pretty sure that was a 90s movie or maybe it's early 2000s i don't know but yeah that you know those anyway any movie that puts a fucking dream sequence into it is begging for it <laughs> to either go one way or the other. It's either going to be synonymously shit or like synonymously shit, but still, oh my God, it's just why did you, you know, it's just, I don't know. Dream sequences. Fucking hell. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Now we're talking about some future. So I'm just screaming about dream sequences in horror movies. Oh, ho, ho, ho. That's a future you one. Know, coming. You know, it's going to win that one, don't you? Go on. I'm not going to shout. I'll wait for the screaming screen. <laughs> All right, cool. Got Nazis in it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, yeah, it could be that, but then it could also be, you know, not not in the comment. The Golden Child. You stick that one in there, are you? Um, but, mate, <laughs> honestly, that that is that that pick was out of nowhere, and it was genius. Honestly, that was really cool. Appreciate that one. To be honest, you've done some you've done some awesome ones this year. Really have um i want to do something cool i haven't done something cool in a while i feel <laughs> since class of newcomb high <laughs> since that was a long time ago <laughs> a long time ago all right cool um so what about rating this bad boy then i'm interested to hear second time viewing mr paul stevens oh it's a difficult one hang on, hang I, on. I... right hang on right it as a 70 year old 17 year old matt boy <laughs> Oh, and rate it as now as well, please. I think when I was a 17-year-old child <laughs> watching The Exorcist 3, um, I, I probably was about three because just I didn't have a clue what the fuck was going on. Just, <laughs> just crazy. But I, I think, you know, it's come up with it since then, so I'm going to give it a seven because I actually quite, I did quite enjoy watching it, um, even though it's just fucking, it's, it's, it almost needs taking apart and putting back together. Um, Which could, yeah. it could be the director's cut. I think you need to go and yeah, watch maybe, I yeah, but I, to go and watch it and on the next podcast where we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep talking about it forever. Um but I think Brad DeReef's performance deserves a, a seven, so yeah. Matt. Yeah, um I I would say I'm on the same. I think I think I don't want to be like that guy who always like is agreeing it's because i feel like i've just agreed on the last film but it's not i would say it's a kind of it's a, a seven just for me but i think it's i'm still in that mind of did i really like it or did i just like it or you know because i liked it <laughs> i didn't hate it and it was interesting where it went i just I, it's just like i don't know 
if it works for me on film as it i think it would be a much more interesting book and yeah i just struggle i think i need to watch that director's cut to make my mind up a bit more but yeah i give it seven i i was coming in at either a one or a nine i didn't have a fucking clue honestly <laughs> i didn't i was like what did i just watch and i think I, that's what I, need. To 10. <laughs> I mean you've got to give it props because it could yeah. have easily just gone it could have gone right i'm going to make another axis movie but this time i'm just going to make it a man that's ex- uh, got a demon inside him and this time it's going to be th- something different and it could have been just exactly the same thing so you kind of got to give it its props right, i'm going to give it an eight i'd be completely different I'm, I'm going to give it an eight and it's honestly that's moving towards that sort of like that cult for me i feel like i could become part of the cult you know there's just something there's something very wrong about this movie which makes it very very right for me that's the thing it's I like know what you mean there's something <laughs> not right about it but it make that makes it more entertaining and like honestly like that there's some ridiculously awesome moments in it um i don't know but i I don't know i just think it was fucking great i couldn't keep my eyes off it it does make sense the fabio thing just for it for me though you're talking about father Karras and he was a blind drunk and he wasn't in it enough because it was one of the criticisms I thought. I, I wish there was a bit more of him in it, like being the emotional stuff. Because you you just got random lines, and I was like, oh, it would have been nice for the payoff at the end. But saying that, there were times, and I don't know what they did with his makeup or the, whether they took images, but he looks like him in certain bits. He, he almost changed into him, so it makes me think they actually used him in he, real life. He was there. He was yeah. He was in it. That was him. That was him. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's just they they then like just changed actors because like ma- that, makeup. That... Yeah, because I was like, I was like, I couldn't, I didn't know whether it was in the credits because I didn't want to go on, on IMDb to yeah, it's 100% ruin it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's him. Shit. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely him because. Uh, oh yeah, it says yeah, it says yeah. Jason Miller, Patient X. Weird. 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 Very weird. interesting. All through that, I swear it was just. Oh not... my god, I didn't even know that as well. You know who Doctor Temple was? Didn't even know that. Scott Wilson from um, Walking Dead. Oh shit! Fucking yeah. Herschel. Yeah. Yes, Herschel. Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Holy yeah. shit! I, I didn't see that either. <laughs> That's no way. Oh, okay, well there you go. Eight, they going on nine. Fabio is eight. I love that Fabio is. Oh, that's eight. just brought up for it to an eight for me. Samuel L. Jackson is blind dream man. Yeah, it is an eight. An eight, it's yeah. We're going to stick with eight now. Also, the Lennon sisters were angels, wherever they were. Patrick Ewing is the angel of death. I think that's hilarious. I think it's, yeah, I think it, there's some absolute genius in there. I think it's really good. I don't know why. One thing we didn't speak about really, really briefly, I know we've spent a lot of time, but the way when he describes the way that that almost a child is killed at the start was fucking graphic. I was yeah. like, yeah. I thought they're not uh, going to show that, surely. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing that I was like, oh my God, are they going to, sh- they can't show that, surely. Fuck me. I, I think my favourite bit of the film, guys, was the confession box. 
so fucking freaky. Oh yeah, the voice, the voice yeah. in the darkness. Oh my me, god. Me being me, I want to see the fucking. You know, I don't want an off. Fuck. I don't want an. I don't want an off-screen kill. So I'm glad they gave us that bit at the end. So uh, you know. Anyway, all right, cool. Um, I thought it was um. I thought it was old George C. Scott's bloody mother-in-law at one point. Yeah. She was in there. <laughs> I thought she was going to get mind controlled at one point. Yeah. With her cups in the buff. Right. Her trouts <laughs> or whatever it is in the buff. I don't know what it was. But. Let's, uh, let's find out what our next move from the vault is. Mr. Paul Stevens, you've had a fucking break. Okay, so this film, I've actually been wanting to pick for quite a while. It's relatively modern. I say that, but it's nearly 20 years old. So <laughs> I still think anything in the 2000s is modern, but, you know, we're all getting a bit old. So it's actually, uh, I've only ever seen this once, and it was donkeys years ago. So um, I'm quite looking forward to watching it again. It is from 2005. It is a French movie, and it is <laughs> Switchblade Raw Mats. Or oh, high tension, but I think Switchblade Switch Raw Mats is, is Switch much better. Right. Nice. Even better. That is a great pick. I have not watched that for donkeys. Mons 2, Rodney. Mons 2. Mons 2. Bonjour, Monsieur. So, yeah. I believe that's Cy the Serb's favourite movie, isn't it? (laughs) No, it's Serbian film. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Great pick. Great pick, mate. Love that. Um, Switchblade Romance. I cannot fucking wait to tuck into that. Okay. Um... Happy Halloween. Thanks very much to everyone for listening to us drone on for another episode. That was episode 141. Moving on to episode 142. We will be going back to the cinema or something. Um, Five Nights at Freddy is a possibility. And then there's a couple of other ones around around and about. Um, But we shall see. But I imagine Five Nights at Freddy is going to get the vote. And we have got something to scream about from the fucking ages coming for the next episode because a punishment from Paul missing two episodes. And he's also just pulled an absolute treat from the vault. We get to watch the French masterpiece Switchblade Romance. Amazing. There's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, it's another podcast. I am the devil and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com.